This ain't parents at to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents at to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Class is in session. Please be seated. Behaviors that get attention get repeated. Avoid the power struggle, cause it will get you heated. Listen to Amanda, cause she knows how to teach it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Parenting with a Punch show. I am your host, Amanda Hool, founder of Parenting with a Punch. I have an amazing guest here today. Her name is Vinu. She is a family dynamic coach. Through her years of experience working with families and having six of her own kids, she developed an amazing program where she moves into your home for four days. She has been coaching individuals from kids to adults for 10 years. She helps individuals create the identity that, that they want by helping them move forward. With kids, she helps teens to help them figure out their identity with their self-worth and their self-esteem, helping couples to create a new and better relationship, looking at not just their values, but the rules around them. And she helps close that gap by helping the couple understand each other's formula, helping families get back in charge, helping them learn how to parent without blame and shame and giving their kids an environment where they feel safe without judgment. Let's give her a warm welcome. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Amanda, for having me. I love, love, love doing podcasts. Yes, yes. And of course, I love that uh, our work is in such alignment, um, especially with working with the parents as, as like the huge, huge, you know, brain of the, right. <laughs> of the team and, and really just, you know, helping giving kids the support that they need. So yeah, please tell, tell us about um, Venue Inspires and, and the, uh, the four-day that's like your number one like signature program that you right. have, correct? Right. So I'm the founder of the In-Home Turnaround. Um, I created this program probably about eight years ago um, by accident. I had a family that wanted me to work with them, but I lived in North Carolina. They lived in Georgia. And so they're like, well, we'll fly you out to come work with us. And so that was the start of the In-Home Turnaround. And I kind of just documented what each day looked like. And then um, I'm also a trainer for Robbins Research International. So I go to all the Tony events and um, I'm able to learn and grow listening to Tony Robbins, but also help the participants learn and grow through what Tony's saying from stage. Right. So I took all this knowledge in. I have a mental health background and mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, like this is really something. This is what families need. They don't yes. need this once a week check-in. They need where you come to my, my office and we sit down and we talk about the problems, I need to go where the problems are. Thank I need you. to go to the environment where the problems are. Yes. And I need to, <laughs> right. And we also need to look at like, not everything's a problem. It's an opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's an opportunity to grow closer to your kids. It's an opportunity. We have to think about this. Our kids are not ours to keep forever. And I know this because I have a 25 year old that's gone and done his thing. And I have a 21 year old that's gone and done his thing. And as much as I want to be like, no, you're doing it wrong. They're like, mom, I'm an adult. I got this. Right. I'm like, oh gosh, okay, yeah. That was like such a kick into my gut, like, wow, like they're not mine anymore. You know, right. mm -hmm. it showed me that we have such a small, precious window to guide our kids to be the best that they can be when they're an adult. Yes. And one of the things that I did is I just got really vulnerable and real and raw and be like, I did a lot of things wrong. I did a lot of blame. It was to the point where my son asked me years ago, he says, 
no matter what we did was never good enough oh. for you. I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, wow, did that, did that really, is that what you translated through all my parenting? And he's like, yeah. And that made me develop this is that, wow, like what could we do as parents if we knew that we were parenting our kids without shaming them or blaming them, mm-hmm. making them know no matter what they did was the right choice for them at that time. Exactly. And that's why I missed the boat. And I'm, you know, and my kids, you know, they have their struggles, they're going through their own issues and whatnot. And, right. you know, it's their walk in this life. And I have seven year old twins. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do differently now? <laughs> <laughs> you get a chance to, to reparent again. Yeah. <laughs> and my kids tell me, they're like, you parent the twins so differently. And they're right. I do because I don't shame my kids. And so let me give you just your listeners an example of what shaming is. Yes. Is. The old me parented my older children as if they came home with like a D or an F. I was like, what did you do? Like, I told you to study. You didn't do this. You didn't put effort in. You, 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 you. Right. You're never going to get better if you don't do this. You, and it was constantly you. Right. So my seven-year-old comes home with a vocabulary test where he got a zero percent. And I would say to him, I said, Samuel, you know, you get to retake this. What? This is so great. You get to retake it. I said, let mommy help you study. He's like, I don't want to study. And I said, Sam, I really think that you would do better if you studied. He's like, I don't want to study. I said, okay, well, that's your choice. So on Monday, he retook the vocabulary test. I said, what did you get? And he was, Amanda, he was so excited. He's like, I got a 25% mom. <laughs> and I was like, I just kind of matched and mirrored his intensity. I'm like, wow, Samuel, that's so great. He's He's like, isn't it? He's like, it's not this time. I said, you're right. It's not. I said, but what would it feel like if you got a hundred? He's like, I don't know. I said, well, what if I gave you, would you rather have a hundred dollar bill or would you have $25 bills? He's like a hundred. I said, cause it feels better, huh? He's like, yeah. I said, so what can mommy do to support you to get a hundred? Cause I know how good that would feel. He's like, I guess I have to study next time. See? And then the next week he had another vocabulary test. And we studied together and I made it because my son's a very, he has a learning disability. So he's really tactile and really visual. Mm -hmm. So like he would be like, just like walking in circles for each word and memorizing, you know, because that's how he learns. He memorizes and memorizes and memorizes. And then I send him away and then I bring him back and I quiz him and he got a hundred percent and then he got rewarded. And then he had his test. He got a hundred percent. So that's the difference. Right of not shaming, not blaming, not saying this is your fault. You should do better. Not doing the you, 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 but more of what can I as a parent do to support you? Yeah. Encouraging him to be able to figure it out for himself. You put the words, you know, you gave him the, the, the language, but you gave him the opportunity to figure it out for himself. Right. And what does that do? It empowers them. Like, wow, yes. I did this. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we're building self-worth. We're building yes. self-esteem because yes. I'm going to tell you, girl, I never want to hear for my twins that no matter what they did, wasn't good enough. Like (laughs) that will never happen again. Yeah. You're like, I am not going back down that road. (laughs) Right. Whatever they do is good enough for me because if it's good enough for them, then it has to be good enough for me because, you know, I, you know, worked with kids with developmental disabilities, like you and I both have that in common on the autism Mm -hmm. spectrum. And 
I mean, how many times have we walked into these parents' homes when they're just getting that diagnosis and they're like devastated, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've heard many stories yourself about like, this is not what I had planned when I was pregnant. Like, this is not what I thought was going to happen. Right. And, you know, I think for both of us being so in sync, we, we as providers, um, as coaches, we get an opportunity to show them how to rewrite their own story yes. and that their visions will be a reality still. And that's actually my tagline, right? Visions are reality because mm-hmm. we're just going to show them a different way to get that vision. Exactly. You right. know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, you know, it's, I love what we do. I do it with passion. Um, and yeah. now I actually have a child that has a learning disability. And so not only do I get to be the professional about it, I finally get to be the mama on the other side, the emotional attachment to it. So, so you're um, able to, you're able to relate as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, we just don't shame him for like, he doesn't know, he doesn't know his labels. He doesn't know he's different and we don't ever let him. We just say, you know, this is how it is. And this is what we need to do. And you, you need a little bit more help. Grateful. There are people to help you. Right. No, and that, that you touched upon that, the labels. And I really think this has been coming up a lot for me um, with families that have been reaching out over the last few months. Um, and I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know your, I'm going to assume that you're probably on the same level, but as far as like mental health, like for younger kids, like sitting in an office, like do, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, Oh gosh. Okay. So I'm just, we're just going to be real and raw here. I 100% like, only. <laughs> I feel like bringing a child into an office outside of their environment where there's just beautiful walls and it's calming and it's peaceful and trying to get them to talk to you about what's really going on is ridiculous. Thank you. I feel like going into their home to where they're comfortable, to where they see the issues and they know, Hey, someone's in here to make me feel safe in my own environment. And we make that environment safe for them. Exactly. Yep. No, nope, so bring them into a safe environment, we environment for them in their place. And I get so connected. Like people say, like I've coached five-year-olds from the phone, like by doing a zoom call and people are like, how are you going to do that? Because I just meet the kid where they're at and I don't blame them. And I reward them through my praising and, right. you know, and then I go to the parent and I'm like, look, this is what's going on with him. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know that. And I said, well, I, and that's okay. He right. just feels safe to share with me. And I want to feel, I want to give you, I want to like, what I do is I transfer that safety to the parent. Of course. Right. Um, I think, um, I would assume you're in the same boat. My whole thing is to work myself out of a job, right? Cause there's always somebody else that needs me. Right. So I want to give my clients, my, the parents, the kids, the tools so they don't need me anymore. Of course. That's the whole point. You want them to be self-sufficient. You want them to be able to, I mean, Yes, there's a lot of hand-holding when you are working with them. But yes, the, the, the overall goal here is to be able to give them the tools to empower them to, to do it on their own, to take Absolutely. what they've learned and be able to transform their own lives. Right. But a lot of times they need that. They need that coaching. They need that support. They need somebody telling them what to do. They need somebody giving them the verbatim language to use with their kids when they have those, you know crazy moments of, of stress or, and, you know, and I, and I tell a lot of families that a lot of times the verbatim language that you're using can often be like the number one predictor of like how that's going to turn out like the next time, if you're using the right language. And it's interesting because, you know, um, I'm definitely not an enabler 
And, yeah. you oh. know, one of the things I tell parents, there's two things is that, you know, you feel bad now because you're punishing them. How are you going to feel when they don't have the skills because you handheld them? You know, right. you got to future pace yourself of where you're at 10 years from now and what your kid's doing because you didn't let them fall and get up on their own. Right. right. The yep. other thing is, how are we talking? Like you were saying, languaging, how are we talking to our kids? Like when you're telling a one-year-old or two-year-old, okay, it's time for bed. I know you don't want to go to bed, but we got to go to bed. Okay, sweetie, it's time for bed. That's too much language. Way too much language. You know, they're like looking at you like, what are you saying? Like what? Yeah. So right? it's simply like setting up a bed routine and saying, okay, it's bedtime. I love you. Prayers. Good night. And walk away. Exactly. Exactly. You know, because. <laughs> I have nobody, I don't know about you, but I'm 46 years old and I have nobody going, okay, Venu, it's bedtime. You know, we got to go to bed. We love you. Okay. That's not reality. No, that's not reality. I, 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 it's the exact, and it still blows my mind because a lot of these, a lot of these like principles and strategies are just like so innate. They just, it's just, it's just so natural that, and I get it. I understand that, you know, most parents don't have that, you know, they might not have that psychosocial, um, you know, background of child development or even just the regular understanding of just kind of like how to speak to kids. I, and I get that, but I, I strongly feel that it's their responsibility. If you decide to bring a child into this world, that it's your responsibility as a parent to be able to know what you're doing to, to help right. build that child. And if you don't get help, like that's right. why there are people like, like you and me out there, right? right? So, I mean, I really look at it as like, you know, um, I get that when your child is having a total meltdown, you know, that's not the time to talk to them. They no. have to go through that peak and you talk to them when not they as they're coming down, once they're down. Exactly. Because if you come, <laughs> oh, you need to talk to them at the peak, calm down. No, let them just have it whatever it'll be replaced it's fine let them have it right. the other thing is that by letting them have that we're allowing them to express their emotions exactly I think we're in a world and I don't know I would love to hear what you have to say but what I see with my clients we're in a world where they can't cry they can't do this they can't do that and it's like yeah they can they could just do it in their room and when they're done with the emotion we tell them that it was okay it was okay to be sad or you know what i know you didn't get the ice cream you wanted and i understand why you're mad and go be mad in your room and when you're done you can come back out right no that that's that's exactly like how i approach it um you know for me it's more about just kind of like giving them space it's not necessarily like having them go to the room but just giving them space like if they if they're in the kitchen and they're having a meltdown you know what babe sorry you're so upset right now like i'm going to give you space when you're ready and just let them be and walk away. You know, it doesn't, trying to force them to do something that you don't, you know, that you want them to do in that moment of frustration. I mean, think about it as adults. When we're, you know, when we might get upset or we're, like, do we want somebody, like we want to be able to feel, we have to be able to feel our emotions and we don't allow, and you wonder as adults why we have such a hard time expressing our, our emotions, especially when it comes to dating. I mean, I'm, I'm single, I'm 38 years old. And um, I see it all the time with couples, whether it's th they be in their 30s, whether they're in their 40s or, or in their 50s, the struggle is still there with the communication. They don't know how to handle that, that, that back and forth reciprocal dynamic when it comes to their feelings and emotions. And if right. we're not teaching that, them that at a young age to be able to feel it, 
then how do you think that's going to turn out when they're an adult? They're going to, sh- they're going to keep it repressed. And yeah, I have, I have a, a client now who's a first year in college and like, she's just like, I'm just so sad. And I'm like, and it's okay. Like she has like, she shames herself for being sad. Right. So she can't even deal with what's happening to make her sad because she's so sad about being sad. And so finally I'm like, what is it about being sad? Like, why is it so wrong for you? You know, maybe some people in her past have made it an attention getter for her. Exactly. Maybe people have said, you know what? Stop crying. There's no reason to cry anymore. You know, right. mm-hmm. and she didn't get a chance to have it out because sometimes it's just that one pivotal moment in our yes. life. Yes. And it creeps back in. And like that one pivotal moment when you were five years old. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, like I still feel that little girl being told, don't cry, don't cry, you know? Right. And mm-hmm. also we got to look at cultures, you know? Right. Like, I mean, I'm from an Indian culture, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, stop crying, stop crying, you know, be a man, suck it up or yeah. Yeah. And you know, we have to sit here and say, you know, we're in a different place in our world. Yes. Uh, This world is definitely changing. And we need more people that are more aware, I guess, are calling it emotional intelligence. That's like a new word that's come up. First I heard that was on The Bachelor. It was kind of funny, but (laughs) Like emotional, like be intelligent about your emotions, know where you're at, what you're feeling so you can move forward. And we also need to teach our families to stop looking at everything as a problem and start looking at everything as an opportunity. Right. No, absolutely. Because, you know, I can, behavior can always be changed, but a lot of families get stuck in this mindset of, okay, well, you know, my child you know, this is what it is. It's going to be really hard to come out of it. And then there's that. And then there's, I feel like there's the other side of the spectrum, especially in the younger years. I don't know if you see this or not, where, you know, their child might be having a hard time. Let's say they're two or three or five. um, And they feel that the child is going to grow out of it and that their child is going to be fine. And they suffer through however many years. And then they don't realize that, no, this is going to come back. It's probably going to come back. It might not come back until 10 maybe not 14, maybe not till 20. It's going to come back if you don't address it and you don't handle what's going on. Correct. We just got to stop color coding things. We got to stop. I mean, granted, like I, I nurture, I'm a mom. Like I feel things, I get it, but there's a fine line with nurturing and enabling. Exactly. You know, if you want your kid to not sleep in your room, like you and I were just talking about, don't create a safe space in your room for them to sleep until until when and then we're still struggling with the same issue is they're in your room right how are you going to have a passionate relationship with your spouse you know like for me my room is my space you know and that's why i i help these kids to realize that their room is their space to have any of emotion you know but i like what you do i like the fact that like hey if they're having that tantrum give them that space and leave if you can but if like you're cooking in the kitchen you really can't leave at that moment um but i love that idea that's a great concept concept that you use, you know, and like I said, I use their room because for me personally, my room is my space. You know, that's my space to lock out the world, to have whatever emotion I want to have. Right. And so I don't want my kids to think that that's their space too. You know, they have a room and they have a playroom, you know, you got two opportunities there. Right. Yep. No, I think, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, I was just going back to like, you know, are we nurturing or are we enabling? Right. No. And two things. So first, I think if you're, 
if you're having the children use their room as a safe space, right? So, and I say the exact same thing. I, your room is like, your, it, that's your comfort space. So I think, again, it comes back to the language that we're using. So if you're sending your child to their room as like a punishment, right? Or a reprimand, and you're using the language of like, you're bad, go to your room. I don't want to see you go calm down. That's completely different than saying, or trying to show them that like your room is your safe space to go and feel like, let yourself, you know, let yourself be yeah, in your emotions. Right. They're two totally different things. So I agree with you and on that. Yeah. Like I don't do timeouts, you know, no, like timeouts don't not. work, you know, <laughs> timeouts do nothing. Like when my kids have, I mean, they're seven, they have their moments. It's like, you need to go to your room and figure it out. You right. know, yeah. and people say, well, when can they come out when they figured it out? Like right. they when get to choose. Caught. I don't have a timer. I right. don't have, Oh, there's seven, seven minutes. No. If he wants to go in there and throw things around, as soon as he close up, cl cleans up what he threw around. Right. He's going to clean it up. Right. And, and then the thing is that I go, I don't go through, why were you in your room? I say, what were you feeling? Right. Yep. And my kids, you know, we just, you talked about something in the beginning of this, about um labels right yeah we give our kids labels like yes. if you're saying like you're bad or you're good those are labels. yep like my kids will tell you like a teacher said oh you're being bad and my daughter stood up and said i am not bad i'm just not making a good choice right now thank you <laughs> i love that's it what, that's what we teach them and the teacher yes. was like the teacher didn't know what to say and so the teacher called me and i said well then all you need to sit, tell her is then make a better choice because obviously she was She's coherent that she was not making a good choice at that time. Right, exactly. You know, when mm -hmm. we're saying, oh, our kids are so mean, or our kids are, like at two, our kids are so mean, they're bullies. <laughs> Guess what they're going to be? They're going to be mean and bullies because you've already told them that's what they are. Exactly, right. And I, I think it's, you know, I've had a, you know, I hail from New York, and I was in New York for so many years and working in the early childhood, and I feel like, New York is just in a totally different space. Like Boston is just not as progressive. And the mentality is just, we just, early childhood out here, I've just found that we don't take it as seriously. And I think parents really need to understand how important those early years are and the words that we're using and how much it sticks and how much they're internalizing and, and, and can stay in the you know, in the amygdala at back of the brain, and then it gets held there. And then we, again, we don't know like when it's going to come out. If we're not teaching them how to like fully process through whatever the struggles are that they're going through. And I, I just, I wish there was a way, and I want us to talk about this because, and I know that we could probably go on forever, but the fact we were just talking about like, we wish, you know, there's so many different coaches out there and there's so many different strategies, but we wish that, you know, people could, parents could just like see our approaches and be like, okay, like this is the correct approach. Like, let's talk about the good morning America that you were able to see. I wasn't able to see that interview. She was talking about the co-sleeping. Let's talk about that because I think it's important that some of our listeners uh, pay so, attention. So there was a family that wanted their kid to be able to sleep in their own room. And, you know, there was different options that this person gave. Um, and if I, I don't want to mention names because I'm not here to slander anybody. Oh, yeah, no, they, absolutely. They, their work is different, but this just goes to the difference, the differences of our work versus right. her work. Yeah. So for her, it's like created that safe space in the room for the child if they won't sleep in their own room or for the parent that's going to 
reach out and keep coddling to go away for three days or, you know, like put a baby gate up. Like I do agree. Like one of the steps is I say, put a baby gate up so they can see you and know that you're still there. But if they're going to climb it, it's not going to be worth that. So, you know, for me, it's setting up that reward system. It's finding out what is it that they don't want in their room? Because is it really attachment? Because that kid's not with you 24 seven. If they're a preschool, they're not with you. So they're fine. You know, um, so it's creating a safe space in their own room where they know they're okay. And then rewarding them, letting them know that what they did was a huge accomplishment and you want to reward that instead of bringing them into your room. Cause I get, get them out of your bed, get them to a safe space in your room. Well, then what? They're still in your room. You're still not giving them an opportunity to feel like they've accomplished something there. That independence, like you and I were talking about is that, you know, one of the things that we look at when we look at developmental delays is, you know, self-care. Yes. You know, their self-help skills. Yes. And one of them is, do they sleep in their own room? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And, no, we, uh, you know, so I'm not here to put anybody down. I'm just saying no, my, approach, my approach is definitely different. My approach is get them in their own room if that's where you want them. You know? Um, well, I, I don't... I, go ahead. No, I just think it's... I think you just have to ask yourself as a parent, like, do you want to... Do you want your child to be independent? Do you want to create a, a very you know, high self-esteem, self-confident, like leader of our, you know, of our generation, or do you want to enable the anxiety and, you know, continue to, you know, get in the way of your own sex life and your own relationship with your spouse? Like, because that's, that shit is real. Like, and you're feeding it because if they're already having anxiety sleeping on their own and then you give them a safe space in your room, you're uh, enabling. Do you think one day they're going to wake up and be like, Oh, I'm 15. I think I can go sleep in my own room now. And then you're going to be okay. Cause they wanted it. Right. I mean, who's no. in charge? Who's exactly. in charge? Right. No. It, you know, is a parent in charge or is a kid in charge? And honestly, this is how kids start to be in charge. It's like, well, I didn't want to sleep in my own room and they let me sleep in their room now. Right. And they so let now, me yeah. and all I have to do is throw a fit and they don't like that. So they keep letting me sleep in the room. What else could I throw a fit for that? I want to do. Oh, I don't want to wear my seatbelt anymore. I don't want to wear my, um, my safety seat. So um, I'm just going to throw a fit and they're not going to go anywhere until they just say, fine, just buckle up without the safety seat. Like how, just rip the bandaid off. Don't peel it off slowly. Just rip it off. Right. Yeah. Let's just help them be an independent (laughs) child that they need to learn to be, to be an adult. Right. Exactly. Behavior is learned. And so, you know, when we keep. Birth to five. Thank you. Yes. Birth to five. And, you know, I, I want to, I want to touch upon too, like, you know, for any, any listeners that have children that are older than five, of course, like it, just because your child is having a hard time does not mean that that behavior still can't be changed because they're past a certain age. You know, I, I really, you know, get away from the labels, you know, get, get the support, seek the help. And something you mentioned too, which I think is really important because for us, it's not about the money. It's not about the money that, that we're making. It's about the fact that we are changing families' lives. We're helping build our future generation with, with more healthy children. Because look at the world today. It's, it's, not, it, it's complete chaos out there. And we have to take responsibility. Well, I people, if, if you knew that my program would help you raise a child that learns to love themselves, like themselves. They never have to worry about being bullied. You never have to worry about is your child suicidal. You never have to worry about if your child's going to be a cutter. You don't ever have to worry about is your child hiding something from you because I taught you how to teach them at an early age, how to communicate with you 
right. what would that be worth? What price would you put on that to right. guarantee that? Right. But you know? yeah. And like you said, you'll pay, you know, your child you to college, what, $30,000 a year easy? But <laughs> exactly. But you won't spend 10, 20, 30,000 for an investment for your family life that is going to carry you through an entire lifetime. That to me is, it's completely priceless. Well, I'm going to say I'm a speaker also yep. on bullying, self-harm and suicide. I actually have two books out, a book on bullying and a book on self-harming. And my whole thing that actually was a why behind this is like, how could we raise our kids at a younger age? So we never get to this point, Thank you know, you. yes. What could I, cause I was suicidal for 21 years. I was a cutter. I was in a psych hospital when I was 15. Like what could have been different for me? Mm-hmm. To have changed that trajectory for my life if I would have had what a safe environment um, you know God bless my mom she's my hero she was a single mom raising you know two of us going to law school so she wasn't there she'll tell you she wasn't there right and so I didn't have anybody that I mm-hmm. felt was a safe space for me to talk about what was going on or to say I was being bullied and for somebody to really understand what that meant to me right. and you know so now you know, and that was thousands and thousands of dollars, just so you all know, of mental health and counseling and all the stuff I went through. Of course. But if somebody had money to invest then to say, hey, how could I be a better parent, you know, for my child now so she doesn't endure that? You know, again, it's not about the money. It's about the investment in you and your family. Exactly. Yep. No, it's so, it's, it's so true. I, I mean, I... I love that, um, that we really are on, on the same, on the same wavelength because it's really hard. And you, we've discussed this before too. Like it's really hard finding other professionals in our field. Um, because I just feel like there's not that many out there that are really doing the same type of work. Um, and, and we know, we know firsthand the benefits that these, that these families get and how it will literally like last an entire lifetime. The other thing I love um, about you, like the first time we talked is that like, we're not out here to put people down or to say mine's better than yours. Right. I believe in abundance. I believe yes. that we need more right. people like us, no mm-hmm. matter what, whatever, you know, like I don't even believe in parenting style. There's no parenting style. Parenting is a behavior. And, right. you know, no matter what you believe that's going to get you results, just get your results. And if it's not me, if it's not Amanda, let us refer other people to you that might adapt to what you're really looking for. Like, right. please just don't be afraid to reach out for help. Like it takes a village. It yes, really it does. Takes a village. And mm-hmm. you're going to find that person that you're like, yeah, like I'm a part of my family's families now. Like they love Same. me. Same. The kids call me Miss <laughs> B. You yep. know, some of the families that are local see me and they're like, the kids are like, Miss B. And they mm-hmm. love me. You yes. know? And they also have peace in their home now too. So, exactly. mm-hmm. you know, that's no. what's bring the peace back. No, I agree. It's, it's, you know, the, the less yelling, less chaos, bringing the peace back. Um, the, the, the relationships with both the spouse and the children, just ha- like being able to be free again and be able to just get along and, and have like a happy home. Um, and you know, like you said too, like the abundance, I, I think, um, there's, there's not, there's not enough of us out there because, you know, I, I always say, um, you know, for a while, for the, like probably the first few years when I started doing this work, um, you know, when a family wasn't ready to move forward, it, 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 
it kind of hurt. And I, you know, I've gotten to a place of like, it's just, you can't help everybody. And they got to want it more than you. Exactly. And the, the, that one fa each family that says, yes, you know, deep down how much you're changing those families lives. And you know, the same, like I, I become a part of their, their family's lives. Like, you know, right. those, it, it's so important. Like you become very, very close because it's such an intimate experience and um, we need more of it. We really do. Yep. And you know, it's, again, we leave our families to go be with your families, you know, and yep. it's because we believe in you because you believe in you. you know? Exactly. You got to want it more than us. Yep. And you, you got to follow through. You got to follow through. Like I have families that this program has worked amazing years later. They have such a great relationship with each other, with the kids. And I have families that are said, wow, like that did not work at all, but they also didn't do any coaching. Exactly. Like, I say, help. you know, um, I go to a Tony event and Tony's events are so powerful because you're totally yeah. immersed in it for those four days or five days or a week. Yep. And you leave and you're all pumped up and like, Oh, I'm going to make this change and this change. and I'm going to do this differently. And my life is going to be, my life will never be the same again. This is so amazing. And then you go back to the environment you came from with no shifts, exactly. no plan in place. Yep. Then you say, Oh, that didn't work. No, it did work. But what did you do to follow through with it? Right. You have to execute. Yes. Right. Action. It's yes. not just a thought. You have to take action. Right. And exactly. so, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm going to just be, you know, and I also just want to say this, a lot of people are like, oh, your family must be so great. You know, um, I yell, I, I, I'm, I've been in yelling my whole life and, um, I don't start out yelling. I definitely start out with a normal tone of voice and I'm very clear with my kids, you know? Right. I don't want to yell and you don't want me to yell. So what do we need to do to make this work? Right. And my kids will tell you, we need to listen the first time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That would be so ideal. You mean when mommy's loving on you and telling you it's time to go take a bath, that would be a great time to listen. Right. <laughs> instead of getting the mommy voice going, you know, but again, we've trained them to do that. Right. Exactly. And that's why yep. I tell people like you train the brain. If you want them to go take a bath, as soon as you say it, you're going to get up anyway, right? Head up and do hand over hand. Say, we're going to take a bath. Make sure your yeah. actions are matching your words Yep. and you'll never have to go to yelling and you follow through. You have to follow through yes. with what yes. you say. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I hear all the time with families are like, Oh, you can act like, Oh, my children are actually listen or you, you, you can do that. That they'll actually listen the first time. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually not that difficult. Like kids, kids actually want to listen. Like they, they want to make you happy because when they're when you're happy they're happy like it, it's it's it comes full circle so and change is just you know tony's one of tony's quotes is change is just two millimeters like you don't have to make these huge changes in your life right. and those that say oh i'm too old to change you're right that's your belief and you right. will stick with that and you're right you are too old to change you know um you know whether you're you say you can or you can't you're right you know exactly. for that. Mm -hmm. so i couldn't agree more it, it's it's all very true you have to want it. You have to, and the, the truth is ch change is the only constant in our lives, right? Yep. We're always going to go through change. So it's a matter of whether or not you're ready to, to put in the work or just to be able to like move through the process and know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And that if, if, if you're in the mindset of like, okay, this is going to help and I'm going to put in the work, then you're going you're gonna to have amazing results. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it was so nice to have you on the show. Please give, what is your website so those can find you? 
My website is venuinspires.com. That's V-E-E-N-U-I-N-S-P-I-R-E-S.com. I'm also on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all under Venu Inspires. Awesome. Great. Well, I, I very much look forward to um, hopefully collaborating further yeah. in the very near future. And um, Keep doing what you're doing because the world needs more. <laughs> the yes. world needs more coaches out there that are that are doing the the work that we're doing. So I agree. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. Thank you. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Class is in session. Please be seated. Behaviors that get attention get repeated. Avoid the power struggle cause it will get you heated. Listen to Amanda cause she knows how to teach it. Yo, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Oh, this ain't parents out to lunch. No, this is parenting with the punch. Yeah.